This summer we've been looking at all the normal activities of summer that can connect us with God and can give us some insights into our faith. But this morning let's give a shout out to all the inactivities of summer. And I'm talking about a good summer nap. Can I get a hallelujah? <laughs> there we go. Now, now I know we can, we can nap at any time of the year. But there is just something about lying in a hammock strung between two trees on the shore of a lake and being rocked to sleep by a gentle breeze as the sound of the waves are lapping against the shore. Or maybe just sitting in your lawn chair with a cold drink and, and being so relaxed that you just nod off for a few minutes. A summer nap is one of the great, wonderful gifts of summer. But if you're like me, even this summer, the naps have been few and far between. Rushing around to do all the things that we didn't get to do last summer. I mean, there's this family to see, there are trips to take, there are affairs to attend, picnics and fishing and ball games and concerts and gardening and, and VBS. I mean, before we know it, summer is over and we never really rested. Maybe that's why God actually commanded us to rest. If you remember back in Genesis, at the very beginning, God, as soon as creation is finished, then creates resting. Genesis chapter 2. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he'd been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he'd done. And then we go over into the next book, into Exodus. And God commands us, he tells us, in the Ten Commandments, to copy him, to follow his example. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your sons or daughters, your male or female servants, nor your animals, nor any foreigners residing in your towns, for in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that's in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. So why does God create the Sabbath day and command us to rest? I think it's because we are so bad at it. God knows it's good for our bodies and our souls to regularly relax and and to set aside all of our running around and maybe even take a good nap. But we convince ourselves that we and our family will be happier if we just do one more chore, just go to one more event, just work one more hour and skip the nap because we're too busy. You know, a lot of families discovered last year during the COVID shutdown the blessing of a little slower pace. You know, some families said, uh, you know, I'm glad that we could get back to doing all the things that we couldn't do last year, but I kind of miss it. I kind of miss the time that we had just with our family when, when we could just relax and not run all the time. But now that things have opened up, we're back to go, go, go. Why do we think we know better than God? 
Why do we find it so hard to allow ourselves to rest now and then? I'm sure you've heard all about the studies on sleep, how important it is to get enough sleep, that we need to get the, the seven or eight hours of sleep, or if we're a teenager, even more. It's shown that, that getting a regular amount of sleep like that improves our memory, it lowers our chances of an accident, it strengthens our immune system, it, it lowers our risk of diabetes and heart disease, and, and just overall makes us feel better. Even a 10-minute nap can make a difference. But still, we refuse to prioritize rest. And, and pastors are no better than everybody else. In fact, pastors are notorious for being workaholics. And so the Methodist Church actually has, has created something called a renewal leave. And occasionally, we pastors are encouraged to take a renewal leave, which is sort of like a mini-sabbatical. It's some time away, not to not just vacation time, but, but time to really renew our souls. So, if you were given the chance for renewal leave, to take a month or two off just to renew your soul, what would you do? Well, I, I hope you'd be smarter than I am. <laughs> because I filled almost absolutely every minute of my renewal leave with all those things that I wanted to do but never had time to. So I, I visited family and friends I hadn't seen in years. And I started reading that big stack of books that I'd bought and that just sat on my desk. All those church books that I never quite got to. And I, and I took courses and I studied and, and uh, I built a treehouse for my kids because they were small at the time. And uh, I went to my, to my in-laws and I, and I repaired their dilapidated old uh, pioneer cabin that I talked about uh, in some other earlier sermons. Uh, it was a lot of fun. It was educational. It was helpful. And it was exhausting. In that whole time, there was really only one, one time that I slowed down enough to actually say that my spirit was renewed. I'd been frantically trying to get the cabin uh, fixed so it was usable in that uh, amount of time that I had allotted myself to do that. And I had been working from sun up till, till dark, and finally one, one night I came to my senses. As it was getting towards evening, I just took out a, a chair, and I set it in the middle of the yard at the cabin there. And I just watched as the sun went from the bright August sun, then down to sunset, and then on into the gloaming. You know what gloaming is? Gloaming is that, that time after the sun has set. It's not quite pitch black. You can barely make out the horizon. But it's still not light either. I mean, I've watched a lot of sunsets, you know, and kind of the sun goes down. Okay, I've done it. Check off sunset watching. This is the only time in my life I've ever sat. Two hours I sat there. From bright sun to sunset on into the gloaming and then the quietness and the hush as the noises died away and, and the night creatures came out. It was so refreshing. It was the best, most 
renewing time of that whole time away. And I only did it once for two hours. The rest of the time it was go, go, go. Why do we do that? Even God rested on the seventh day. But I thought I would get renewal by going full speed, weeks on end. How foolish. I mean, rest is so important that God commands it. But you know, as good as a a good nap can be, as refreshing as it is to take a Sabbath break from our work, still rest alone is not quite enough to give us what we're looking for. Just a, a good nap is wonderful, but it can't give us what we truly need because what we truly need is R and R. You've probably heard that phrase, right? R and R. Have you ever thought about what it stands for, though? See, there's no really one definition of it. People use it for all sorts of things. So, so some, for some, it's rest and relaxation. But for others, they mean rest and recreation, or rest and recuperation, or, or rest and renewal. But in the Bible, it means something else. So listen to Isaiah 30. Verse 15. This is what the Sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel, says. In repentance and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength. But you would have none of it. God says rest and repentance is what you need. In repentance and rest is your salvation. Now what in the world is God talking about here? I mean, people mean lots of things by R&R, but I don't think anybody means rest and repentance. So how do those two fit together? Well, let me give you a little background, a little Bible study tip here. When you read the prophets like Isaiah here, uh, and also some of the poetic uh, books like the Psalms and Proverbs, often a phrase will be repeated, and the phrase will be repeated so that we'll, we'll kind of get what it's, what it's talking about. Now sometimes the, re- the first part of the phrase is repeated in the positive, and the second part is repeated in the negative. It's a contrast. Like in Proverbs 10:12, Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all sins. That contrast. But at other times, the second line just says the same thing in other words or gives it a a little more depth to help us to understand what that first line means. So here in Isaiah 30, verse 15, the Lord says, in repentance and rest is your salvation, in quietness and trust is your strength. And so we know that R&R, rest and repentance, is somehow connected with quietness and trust. See, at the time that this was written, Jerusalem was under threat of invasion. And the people thought that they knew what to do. They thought if they just ran away to Egypt for protection, Egypt would take care of them. They thought they could go there and be safe. They had this problem all figured out. Their trust was in their own actions and in the Egyptians. And they knew what to do. They didn't need God. 
But God says repent, and repent means turn around. Turn away from your sins and come back to me. Repent of trying to to tough it out on your own, to figure it out on your own. Trust in me, says God. You don't have to work so hard. You don't have to do it on your own. You don't have to run away. I've got this, says the Lord. But you would have none of it. I say just repent and rest. Just go on some R&R and let me handle it, says God. But the people wouldn't listen, and they kept on running. Now, that's a long time ago, but, but somehow I don't think we're really that much different. God says, you need some R&R. You need some rest and repentance. But we insist that we know better. We want to do life our way. And so we fill our time of renewal with frantic activity. The summer's almost over. Got to go, go, go. See what we can cram in for Labor Day. We barely slow down even for a little nap. And even worse, when we do try to lay down, we do it trying to hold on to all of our burdens, all of our cares, all of our worries, and all of our stress. And so we finish the summer worn out and exhausted. Sound familiar to anyone? God commanded us to stop and rest. But rest seems so hard. It's like we're stuck back here in Isaiah's time. Except we're not. Even Isaiah knew that there would come a Messiah. And that Messiah is Jesus who frees us from all of our, of our burdens and truly gives us rest, rest for our soul. Jesus says to us, I'll make you a deal. I'll make you a deal. Let's, let's trade. You trade me your burdens and I'll give you mine because yours are heavy and mine are light and easy. Remember him saying that? And find it in Matthew chapter 11. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Years ago, I was uh, backpacking with uh, a youth group in the Rocky Mountains for a week. And it was hard work for everyone, but, but one girl struggled under a particularly heavy load. We'd all been given a, a packing list, but she knew better. She knew she couldn't survive on the few items that were in the packing list. And so she had a pack that weighed more than any human should ever try to carry. I mean, I kid you not, she even brought an electric hairdryer. <laughs> and was teased mercilessly by the other campers as they would go around, let's see if we can find a current bush for you to plug that into. <laughs> well, on one particularly steep climb up a mountainside, she just could carry it no longer. And she collapsed under in exhaustion and and shame on that hillside. Another camper saw her, her stumble and 
He slipped off his pack and he went back down to her. And he helped her up. And then he swung her pack, that monstrously heavy load, onto his shoulders. And together they finished the climb. And I always thought that I saw Jesus that day. You know, we say, no, I've got this. I can keep going. I can do it on my own until we can't. And all the while, Jesus is saying, come to me, all who are burdened, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke on you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble, and you'll find rest for your soul. And we want that, don't we? We want to find rest, to be refreshed, to finish the summer with our souls no longer burdened, to have a light heart and, and a renewed spirit. Well, then we need some R&R, &R, rest and repentance. You know, Isaiah isn't the only one to connect repentance and this refreshment. The, the Apostle Peter in Acts 3 says, Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out and that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. It's not just naps that renew us, that, that refresh our spirits. It's R&R. &R, laying down our burdens of sin and shame, of failure and frustration, of regret and remorse, laying them at Jesus' feet, letting him carry them for us. And we get to carry the light load. For his burden is light and his yoke is easy. Well, I hope you do get to uh, slow down some this month and take a good nap or two in a hammock by a lake if you can get it. But it won't be enough. It won't be enough if we don't also repent and lay our burdens down at the feet of Jesus and let him carry our load. An August nap is good. Don't get me wrong. But resting in Jesus is even better. So let's pray. Oh Lord, we repent that, that we so often try to go through this life all on our own. We think we know better than you. You tell us to rest. You tell us to trade our burdens for yours, and yet we want to hold on to them. We want to carry all those things, and then we wonder why we never feel rested and renewed. Lord, help us to make that trade, to lay down all of our burdens, all of our sins, and then to follow you. Lord, we pray for some good naps this month. But most of all, we pray for you, for your spirit to be within us, to refresh us and carry the load. We pray this in your name. Amen.